You're listening to Wholehearted with Jenny Muscatel, bringing you 10-minute wholehearted interviews with incredible guests to encourage you with the light and love of God. Join us each Monday by tuning in to www.christianmix106.com at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is Jenny Muscatel, and you are listening to Wholehearted, where we have honest, faith-filled conversations with people whose lives have been impacted by CHD. Joining us today is Darlene Kuna. Darlene has been a practicing nurse for more than 40 years. She has held executive nursing and operational roles across multiple specialties, including critical care, emergency services, women and children's services, clinical education, care management, quality and surgical services, and physician practices, and has provided care to patients with CHD. She has served in executive leadership positions for the past 20 years for large healthcare systems and is highly dedicated to quality, safety, and the advancement of the nursing profession. In addition, she has held two adjunct professor positions at both the undergraduate and graduate levels. She has an eye toward innovation and believes in approaches to patient and family care that embrace compassion. Last week, we discussed the role Faith plays in the work that she does. This week, we pick up where we left off as we talk more about the fruits of the Spirit and finding joy. So I look at love. Love is the first of the nine fruits of the spirit. Romans 13, 10. Love does no harm to its neighbor. And doing no harm to its neighbor speaks directly to the nursing principle of non-malfeasance. We avoid harm or hurt. That's the core element of everything that we do. It's our oath. It's the healthcare oath. Do no harm. And I truly embody that. I've often been called the chief joyous officer instead of the chief nursing officer, because I always look for the joy in the work that we do. It's easy sometimes to look at those challenging, often hard, really difficult decisions that have to be made, or when resources are stretched like we had during COVID. It's really hard to find joy. It's, you got to dig deep when people are at the height of trauma and death all around them, just encouraging you to find joy and hope when there's such affliction and to find faith and prayer. And so I stood alongside my patients in good and bad and with a sense of deep compassion, there were some things I just could not change. And I had to let go of just that innate sense of not wanting to let go, but it's okay when we're at the end of our life and that we have to find joy in that too, that we've come full circle. And the, and I will share that that was tough for me. That was really hard because we all want to heal everybody and, and make sure everybody is just going to walk out those doors that they entered. And sometimes that just doesn't happen. Mm. It just doesn't happen. But that healing work continues, doesn't it? You know, when you're sitting with the families, when you're talking with the other care team that's going through the same process, there's still connection there. There's still God present in those moments, helping with that ongoing healing process. Absolutely. You know, when you look at peace, right, finding peace within, God gives strength to his people. He gives strength to you. He blesses his people with peace, right? And peace is a blessing and nurse can pass along. You can pass it along to an anxious patient. You can pass it along as confidence to your team, regardless of the circumstances. There's no limits on godly peace. 
And it's, you know, for me, I look at peace and joy as kind of being intercoupled, if you will, that for me, it's something that I think people would tell you that I'm one that likes to bring calm. We can, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of trauma, in the midst of death, there's birth. There's mm-hmm. birth of light. There's birth of Jesus. There's birth of kindness and peace to one another and collaboration. And I think we forget that, right? Because we think that it's just between us and our patients. And we have to remember it's between all of us too. We can't work as a team if we don't love and embrace each other and hug each other and cry with each other and celebrate with each other. We've got to recognize that we too are human and we too are hurting. And you you saw multiple pictures during COVID where we had healthcare workers sitting on the floor, hunched over, crying. We looked at the Twin Towers with our beautiful heroes and, and amidst all that chaos. But then you saw people coming forward. People coming forward and offering peace and comfort and love and strength and joy. And I think we can never forget that. We can never forget that. Whether we're ministering officially or in our neighborhoods, in our churches, at the playground, in the market. You know, there's a lovely video that I saw recently and it's called Shoulder Taps. And if you Google it, it'll come up if you haven't seen it. I highly encourage you to do it. But I will tell you that I've been doing it for a while. And so this gentleman shared his experience and I got just as choked up as he did. And it's really about calling out something beautiful that you see in somebody. That's a complete stranger. Tapping them on the shoulder and saying, you look beautiful today. Mm-hmm. Do you know that you radiate today? I just saw you help that young man. God bless you. You don't even realize what you just did but I want to call out what you just did. What a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just that little shoulder tap that all of us need once in a while. Yeah. So I'm a shoulder tap kind of gal. Um, (laughs) I like to call out wonderful, beautiful things that I see. Sometimes I just pay it forward by paying for a coffee behind me and saying Mm -hmm. to the, to the girl at the window, tell that person to have a blessed day that I see a light around her. And I just wanted to have a blessed day. And I want you to repeat those words. Mm-hmm. And then that person is waving out the window. And I said, <laughs> maybe she'll pay it forward too. And it wasn't for me to stop and, and introduce myself because that kind of takes away from it. I wanted them to just kind of feel it in that moment, that blessing in that moment, that center of peace in that moment for whatever they were going through to know that somebody called them out and said, you're special today. Mm, I love little that. When you talk, I think about that innocence of childhood faith, you know, which we go back to that old song, count your blessings one by one. And when you're talking about finding joy in all of these situations or doing a shoulder tap, noticing all of those things, it's really looking deeply and intimately at the blessings in the midst of anything, be it a drive-through line, be it in a very difficult situation, be it in a joyous moment, you know, counting those blessings. This may be a hard question to answer because I don't know if it's something that just comes naturally to you or if it's something you had to practice, so to speak. But, you know, what if somebody's stuck in a rut? Maybe they're feeling overwhelmed and they just don't know where to start. How do you go about picking out 
here's the positive thing. Here's the joyous thing. How do you identify that? You know, I've been asked that question before. I've had colleagues say to me, Darlene, can you speak with so-and-so? Or do you have a moment to touch base with so-and-so? They're really struggling. They're not, I'll just give an example. They're not sure they want to remain in nursing. I'm like, oh my goodness, they've only been a nurse a year. What has brought them to this revelation it's so early in their career that they they want to leave this beautiful art of human caring we can't afford to lose people who have a heart that brought them to this work and then as you said got stuck somewhere and what was the influence on that for me as i said earlier it's never been a job never been a career always been a calling, always felt a pulling, even that statue pulled me forward, asked my father about it. And it was up high, there was a a stone wall that led up to the school. And so the statue was up probably about five feet where where the grass was. So my father would lift me up and stand me on the stone wall. And I would go up and put my hands on the feet of the statue and look up. And just after services, you would see the sun coming up. So it almost almost looked like a halo over the nun that was stand, that, that statue. And so for me, it felt like I was being blessed. For me to go back there later on in life and, and go to school there, it really felt like a calling. So This work for me has never been work. So when people get stuck, I always try to figure out why, because we have life experiences. And I think you can't go through life and not have experiences shape you one way or another, good, bad, or indifferent. They are what you use in your toolbox to shape the work that you do. So nurses are great storytellers. Why are they great storytellers? Because we touch the lives of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of patients and families. And so we pull on those stories as analogies to sort of couple, if you will, the message that we're trying to bring forth, whether it's patience, kindness, goodness, peace. We look for those beautiful fruits of the human spirit to shape the message we want to deliver. So when I find that someone's stuck, I can get the tipping point. I just can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. But you got there through multiple other injuries or hurts or struggles. So help me understand that struggle. How did you get to this point that you want to, I don't want to say give up, but that you're feeling so hurt and sad that you don't think you can do this work anymore. And so sometimes it's not about fixing them and it's not about telling them how to do it. Mm -hmm. It's listening. It's just Mm -hmm. listening. We haven't listened. We don't have time to listen. We're too busy. We've got all these things to do. We're working. I don't have time to listen. When a patient dies, do we honor the patient's death with a pause? Do we honor the nurse who took care of that patient that needs to pause? I'm going to get choked up. Because if we don't honor the caregiver who has cared for that life that no longer is, and it's just about moving on to the next patient. This isn't war. We need to honor the pause. And if we don't honor the pause, all those hurts, all those challenges, all those wrongs eventually break down the human spirit. And so we look for something that isn't as hurtful. So allowing that nurse or that person, whether it's a friend, it could be a friend going through 
a terrible event in their life. It could be a patient or family member that is a decision where they have to make around life or surgery, right? That there's no guarantee. How do we get them there? We let them pause. Mm. Let them pause and we honor where they are. We don't try to push them where they need to be. They need to get over that bridge themselves. Mm-hmm. We have to give them the good grace and the time to get there. That was Darlene Kuna. Ecclesiastes tells us there is a time for everything under the sun. And what a powerful message about taking time for the pause. Tune in next week to hear more of this beautiful conversation. Thank you for joining us today on Wholehearted. And thank you for listening to Christian Mix 106. Thank you for listening to Wholehearted. Remember to catch new episodes each Monday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on ChristianMix106.com. To learn more about Jenny, you can visit her website at JennyMuscatel.com.